Hey, this is Dwayne Larson, and welcome to It's a Music Thing, a podcast about, well, you guessed it, music. Each week, I'll try to bring you new stories from artists and other people in the music industry. I want to make this podcast one of your go-to music podcasts. There are a few ways you can help me make this happen. Go subscribe on iTunes, and if you feel so inclined, rate us. Also, tell your friends about It's a Music Thing. Nothing like word-of-mouth advertising. That goes a long, long way. Also, check out and follow our social media pages. It's a Music Thing MB on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, it's It's a Music Thing. The website is It's a Music Thing.com. Also, if you f- want to, drop me a line at It's a Music Thing mb at gmail.ca if you have a show idea or would like to be interviewed or heck maybe you even know someone that wants to be interviewed all right enough of my droning on and on let's get on with the show everybody and welcome back to it's a music thing the podcast i'm your host Dwayne larson on today's episode i'm very excited i've known this this woman for a long time i'm so excited to finally get to talk to her she is uh i'm gonna say a staple in the winnipeg music community who who am i hyping up who am i getting excited about it is the one it is the fucking only it is joanne rodriguez if you don't know who she is Again, that's why you're here. You're here to learn. You're here to figure out, learn some new stuff, meet some new folks. Joanne has been here for probably more than more more years than she wants me to say, but um, she's been around for a very long time. We get into you know her her musical journey, how she started playing music, to where she is now, and where is she now? You ask. What is she doing? Uh, she is the one of the she makes up one third of winnipeg let's call them powerhouse because they are a fucking powerhouse uh outfit called the sorrells and these these ladies they they kill it they are amazing it's kind of a garagey punky i i don't know how to explain it you'll you hear the music at the end you'll you'll get it um but we you know joanne's seen some stuff she's done some stuff um, we get into her touring days in some of her, her other bands and th- yeah. So I really hope everybody enjoys it. I enjoy talking to Joanne and learning even more. She's such a great person. It's, and if you don't, if you, if you can't put a, a, a face to the name, you've definitely seen her. If you're, you've definitely heard her. She's got one of those. I love Joanne's laugh. It's, it's one of those, it brightens the whole whole room you hear it you will hear it across the room it's it's right from the belly she is such a genuine amazing person that i'm i'm gonna quit gushing because i love joanne um as always big thank you to the wpg uh head over to the wpg.ca we are we are lucky to be part of their family part of their net or podcast network um so head over there check out the the articles they've got going on they've got a lot of great local folks um, compute can yeah, contributing and it's it's great to see a, a local website really pouring back into to to Winnipeg it's what it's a music thing um, the website tried to do I got inundated with life and the these these folks are doing it a thousand times better than I could so thank you to them for bringing us into into their family check out their podcast check out the interviews just Go go check out their all their socials, their Instagram, Facebook, Twitters, all that stuff. Also, I should uh, I should mention that the Sorrells have a new single and video coming out uh, for a song called Spring Break. Um, don't have it yet, you know. Maybe maybe by the time this goes up, they'll they'll have released it. Uh, the new album is coming out on Rita Records. We will put all the links, everything, so you can get all your your Sorrell stuff. But yep, here you go. Here's my conversation with Joanne. All right, I guess first and foremost, who am I talking to today? Joanne Rodriguez. And Joanne, I mean, we've known each other for a good long time. Um, we have. Do we, you remember? Um, I think I saw you on one of your first dates with your partner. Yes. 
And even before that, yes, I think you, yeah. And even before that, I met you, I think for the first time, uh, you were working at the front at Capella when I went in and got my left arm tattooed. You bet. And I, I'm not going to lie, you scared the shit out of me <laughs> because you're this little firecracker of a woman. And the fact that you have cash only tattooed on your knuckles, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, you should see where I have. I'll also take debit. <laughs> oh, I hope it's beside that Golden Girls tattoo on your back. <laughs> um, one of the one of the first questions I like to ask every guest that I have on the show is, do you remember what your first memory of hearing music was outside of like a nursery rhyme or a lullaby that really captured your attention? I remember hearing the song raindrops keep falling on my head as a child thinking that it was the guy from ancient Chinese secret ring around the collar commercial singing it in my mind, but also thinking that my dad wrote that song. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was, I, I can't tell you why I thought that, but um, I went on to think that most songs sung by men were sung by the ancient Chinese secret guy in the commercial. Oh, I love that so much. That's great. <laughs> and I'm really hoping your dad took credit for it. Be like, yeah, yeah, I wrote that 100%. That, I don't know if they me. understood like what, what, why I would kind of freak out where I would be like, ancient Chinese secret, ancient Chinese secret. You're so smart, dad. And he's just like, I do not understand what you're freaking out about. <laughs> and so growing up, you grew up here. You're born, raised Winnipeg, correct? Yes, I am. And in your house, was it very, was it very musical? Like, are your parents very musical? They, they were musical growing up for sure. Like I grew up with um, lots of Elvis and, uh, lots of Motown stuff that I really loved. Lots of disco because that was just the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm still super into the Bee Gees. Um, really into like, Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart. Really into Kiss, I Was Made for Loving You. Like all that disco stuff I'm still super into. Um, so yeah, and, and Roy Orbison, stuff like that. I was definitely, uh, brought up on music that I still love. Did, did either of them, do either of them play anything or did they? My dad played a little harmonica and was definitely a great singer. My mom, um, is still a great singer. I don't know if she sings all that much around the house, but like neither of them were professional. It was definitely just uh, around the house mm -hmm. uh, singing that, that encouraged me to sing. And so when did you pick up your first instrument? When did you start playing whatever it is you started playing? Oh, I does a tennis racket count. Of course I it picked does. up a tennis racket at, at a very young age as a guitar. <laughs> but the first time I played any instrument was probably, a, I wanted to take something cool. I wanted to take guitar. Um, instead, I was kind of forced into taking organ and accordion lessons that I wasn't super into, but learned. I learned some, you know, fundamental mm -hmm. theory stuff. Um, so I can't, I, I, I don't hate that I took those instruments, but yeah, I just want, or piano. I really wanted to take just straight up piano. Um, but yeah, those were organ and accordion, you're, the coolest instruments there are. Your, Hey, your parents sound a lot like mine that, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to play something and the fuckers made me play an organ and I hated it. I mean, I, right? I did, it, I did it for, I think seven or eight years. Like I, I got kind of far and i was yeah okay at it right hated but the content like oh, i was doing Jesus. disney songs that didn't yep. truly excite me but maybe you know what 
if I revisited it now, I'm I am a huge fan of Disney music, so oh, maybe yeah. I would be more into it now. Like I had to, but play, as a child, I was like, this is so uncool. I had to play like I mean that for me it was I was kind of the op- opposite. Like I loved playing the Disney stuff because I like I won a, a competition or something with a friend like me from Aladdin. Amazing, but then, amazing. But then there's other bullshit you have to play. Like I don't want to say chopsticks, but like the the more fundamental songs where it's like i don't know what the song is and i hate it yeah so i feel you on that a hundred percent how how long did you play organ and accordion for um not super long maybe four years four years five years at pops music in um in saint james and how like you obviously learned then you would have had to learn how to play um, or how to, how to read music. Correct. Yes. And do you still know how to read music? I do. I don't, I can't say I use it a ton, Mm -hmm. but um, I think it's like an exercise, like exercising your brain to relearn that stuff. especially if you've known it in the past, like to pick it up and, figure it out again is slow, but when you, when it starts up, it's, um, it's, it's kind of cool that you can just kind of like pick up where you left off. Mm-hmm. And so when you, you said that you wanted to play guitar, when did you eventually pick that up? I picked up guitar towards the end of being in the vagiants Okay. to, to kind of, uh, to be able to write and, and, talk the language and say like mm-hmm. i want this i like this in the key of this because that's my range and stuff like that where i i wasn't as much writing vocal parts over already written stuff and then i would just have to kind of find a vocal range that worked for me when i was able to just play along um a little bit with guitar it definitely helped me um just develop my ear for it and to know what range I like to sing in. Um, I have the voice of a, a, a very large grown man. <laughs> so I can go, I, I'm pretty strong in my lows, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to be a soprano when I was in choir. I always wanted to be a soprano. So like every year at the auditions, I would do my scales and, and try to get up there. And I would still always get stuck with the boys on the boys side. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm still always trying to get to that soprano. And so when did you start choir? Was that at an early age as well? Like through, was that through church or that was through, uh, public school, Mm -hmm. um, in elementary school, I just was encouraged by my music teachers to, um, audition for these like all-star choirs of Mm -hmm. like the division or whatever. And against my parents wanting me to go, they, they did let me go. Um, and it was like, it was really intense and good, like great practice at blending with other people where it would be four part harmonies and I would be in my alto group with the boys Mm -hmm. and we all just got really familiar with our part. And then as we got more familiar with that, we would start practicing with the other vocal parts one at a time um, and like really learning how to blend with them. And it was just a really great exercise in, in listening and blending for me. What I mean, that must've been a huge, um, like a huge thing to learn how to harmonize with other groups, especially when you go on to start, bands if it's not just you singing for sure like nothing nothing gets me like a good harmony so like um <clears throat> early on I, de- I was playing in country bands where there was quite a bit of like two three four part harmonies sometimes that just like what a rush to just like have that privilege to harmonize with buddies and just kind of look at each other and go, wow, that sounds pretty good. (laughs) Um, It's pretty great. And then 
like I, I def I like being up front and singing uh, kind of loud and in your face stuff. But I always, if I if I don't have harmonies, I'm I'm always kind of missing it. I just mm -hmm. not all the time, but I'm I'm always kind of missing it. It's a real grabber for for my attention for sure. And so when when did you start going to shows? Like, do you remember the first show you went to? I started going to shows with fake ID. I remember seeing some bands play at Georgie's um, that went on to, you know, play in DOA and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so would you say? Yeah, I guess that's where I kind of. <laughs> Georgie's was my first delving into live music and then I was able to get into places like the Albert on a good night if I didn't get kicked out um for not having ID and it was pretty you know I just kind of thought I could blend in and it just never I never did they were always like you were obviously not here earlier yeah because I would just be like oh yeah I've been here all day and they're like you so have not been <laughs> <laughs> And, and I, I was just like, fuck, why do they keep catching me? It, it couldn't be due to the fact that, you know, you're this short little Filipino woman that probably, I mean, what, were there a lot of people of uh, people of color in the scene at that point? I guess like looking back, not really. Cause I mean, you got, not really. cause you got into, <laughs> I, so I mean, there, I, that, that answers your question. I'm sure that, you know, right. That, that that's where, that's where they're like, well, well, she's not pretty being a, sure I've seen, I would have noticed you and she's, and then they might be like, well, you know, she's not being a dick. So we're just gonna, <laughs> just gonna let her stay. Cause she's not being a complete asshole yet. Yeah. I would get pretty extreme. Sometimes I would like put on crazy wigs and I <laughs> would just try to stay and, and some, some nights. Yes. Sometimes no. And so did you, did you get indoctrinated into punk rock at a very early age? Not super early. I think, you know, as early as, um, I would, I would go to red Fisher shows and mm. stuff and they were all ages shows where we would just pregame, uh, in the shops of Winnipeg bathrooms, shotgunning beers, killer millers, big tall boys, of killer millers. And we would just hang out in public washrooms in the shops of Winnipeg and mm -hmm. then go see Red Fisher. And so when, when did you, along this kind of timeline, when did you start your first band? My first band would have been a band called Further that was very Grateful Dead-ish uh, with a bunch of talented dudes that have all kind of gone on to do great things musically. So that's, even though, you know, I don't know. I, I definitely went to fish concerts and had dreads and just mm. lived it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, musically, I don't know if it really grabbed me the same way rock and roll did afterwards. Because mm -hmm. it sounds like you're very, very open to kind of whatever came your way. And I'm sure you still are that way. And if you I, hear it and you like it and you're like, okay, I, I get it. I'm not picky, Dwayne. I don't get out of bed for less than $5. <laughs> well, so I got to pay you five. To, fuck. God damn it. $5, Dwayne. Shit. Well, I will shake you down. <laughs> cash only or debit somewhere right? else. Five um, loonies. Two toonies and a loon. Um, so when did that first band, did they, did you guys ever record? Did you play? We did. We did record with, um, I can't remember who we recorded with. Dave Schneider was playing percussion in the band. Benji Finkelman. Where was it? Chris Brett. Did Chris Brett record us? Oh, my memory is <laughs> a sieve. I mean, you know, we're, but, we're, we're getting old. But I do find it everything. in like bargain bins. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I do. Nice. F further, it's purple. 
And so after that, did what at, at about what age did you did you start further? I would I would have been probably 18, 19 years old then. And at that point, did you decide to, you know, take the band thing a little a little more seriously and try to pursue a musical career? Um, I don't know if I really thought of it as looking as trying to be have a musical career, but uh, I went on to that. After that, I did Off the Wagon, and that would have been with Rami Mays and a bunch of the guys from that later went on to be the D Rangers. And do you remember what? At, at what point did you guys or did you go on your first tour? Like sort of kind of outside of, because I know like a lot of bands will do like Winnipeg and Brandon or maybe into a little bit of Western Ontario. But when did, which um, band did you go on your first tour with? My first band that I went on my first tour with would have been the Vagiants. And we did actually quite a bit of touring um, in the States uh, uh, illegally, which was just a, just a rush. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, sorry, I just went downstairs and refilled my wine and came back upstairs and now I'm winded. I just thought you peed. I just heard, you know, I thought you were taking a piss and just, I just heard the water going. I'm like, that was my box of wine going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so anyways, um, yeah, I toured with the vaginas quite a bit in the States um, our label that we were on was out of Toledo, Ohio, called something, something club entertainment. Oh, <laughs> Joanne, your brain, sin club entertainment. That's it. Sin club entertainment. It sounds like an escort service. It does. But it was legit. <laughs> and where, where did you guys tour? Cause you said you toured extensively through the States. Like, did you get out to the East coast out to the West coast way like, down South? We, we, we were, would go as South as like, uh, we would play Kentucky and Florida. Um, and that's about as South as we got. Um, and then everything in between, like we played Chicago and New York and, um, super fun places and what all was, over the U S of A. So the first time you go to New York, cause I love asking this question cause I've only been there once <clears throat> we were supposed to go this May because it's kind of, you know, in your friend group, everybody kind of those big birthdays. Yeah. um, That was kind of us supposed to be this year was like, everybody was turning 40 this year, which let's bop to Coney. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not, it's a number. I don't really give a shit, but it's, it's cool. You're turning 40. It's, you know, you're not your thirties anymore. You're in your forties now. So we had planned to go to New York and there was a few good shows that had kind of just fallen in our schedule, but what was that first trip to New York like for you in your, your early twenties? Yeah, I would have been in my uh, early twenties. It was a fucking amazing, mm. truly like um, a friend of ours from Winnipeg was living there and working at a bar. Um, a photographer guy from Winnipeg. So he was definitely a great tour guide. Um, and then we were also playing at CBGB's. So the manager oh. of the place put us up. So we stayed with uh, her for a couple days and her name was Helen and she was a deer. Um, and we were tr- really like seeing CBGB's on its way out, like in the last week of its existence oh, kind wow. of. So it was pretty monumental for, mm. f- for me to play there before the end. Um, the accents fucking ruled. I loved like the severity of some of them Yeah, and the, and then, and the more subtle where I was just like, some of them were so thick where I was just like, I could listen to that all fucking day. Yeah. Um, and what, what... and, and the lack of sunlight in, in New York, like because of the buildings Mm -hmm. really kind of threw me for a loop like i i didn't expect it i didn't know what to expect but um just like seeing kind of the sun come 
over the buildings at noon because that's the only time it's like right overhead and then it's gone again was really bizarre as a prairie girl that sees the sun all day. Mm -hmm. And what, what was that show like? Because I mean, I got to ask, what was that show like at CBGB's? Because that must have been, I mean, I, it was so poorly attended and off. It was awful and awesome because it was a Tuesday night. It's just like any other bar. So it's just like not packed at all. Yeah. And the one rowdy table that was there was a table of people from Winnipeg (laughs) 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 that were like screaming, Charlesburg. And what, I mean, again, again, I have to ask, because I went in there when we did our only trip to New York when it was, uh, and is, I guess, the John Varvato store. And <clears throat> we were walking around the Lower East Side and I like look across the street and I just look at April and I'm like, I get like a pouty look on my face and she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I think that was CBGB's. And she's like, do you want to go in? I'm like, no, yes. But... But but what was it like walking into that bar for the first time? Because I know even even disgusting, and I love yes, it. obviously it was like grosser than I wanted it and expected it to be. Like the urinal puck fucking opened the door. <laughs> it, it was sick, and like you couldn't wear heels in there because the sl- like the spaces between the slats of wood were so wide and like uneven that it was just like a fucking hazard. And so how in the vaginas you were, you were singing. Yes. And so how long did the, uh, the, the vaginas run last? Um, I think it lasted a few years. We put out a few albums and toured a lot. And then after after the Vagiants, what what kind of came up next for you? After the Vagiants, I um, I I was in a band called American Flamewell. That was a, again in a real rock and roll thing, and I was really into like helicopters and. Um, Gearhead rock and roll. And so but I still dig. I still dig that stuff. Yeah. I dig everything. And so at that point you said you kind of picked up the guitar in, during the Vagiants. Did you notice that your because did you write a lot of the, the lyrics for the songs then? And did you notice that yes. that your songwriting got better once you learned how to, to play guitar and kind of like you had said, be able to translate your thoughts over to the rest of the group? Yeah, for sure. I, I would spend more time constructing songs because I now could accompany myself. So um, I think I like to think that my songwriting improved and is always improving. And then kind of at, at that time, you're you're living in Winnipeg the whole time, correct? Mm-hmm. And so how did yeah. you kind of see the scene kind of changing throughout throughout those years because i mean i haven't li- i've lived here for just over 10 years now and it seems to me there's a lot of like dips and wanes and it's like certain things are for cool sure. and then not for sure um i think at the time there was some really good rock and roll bands all over canada so it really made it super fun to play with the, you know, Tricky Woo and um, Hot Live guys were alive and well here. And at the, so we had like a really fun rock and roll scene. Um, Quagmire, Insaniacs, like there was just like good punk and rock and roll music happening. Um, and that does wait. and we have a little bit of everything but then it's hard to get just a mass group of people digging on something because there is such diverse tastes it's like yeah you know we don't excel in like one kind of art or one kind of music we kind of like just are really great at a bunch
bunch of different stuff. And it's like all those same people in like all those different bands are also into a bunch of different genres as well. Like it's, Absolutely. It's very interesting. Like, we'll, I'll see, you know, the same people that I see at a hip hop show. I'll see at a metal show. I'll see at a, you know, at a whatever, at a rock show, um, which is kind of what I love about Winnipeg too. And at, at that, at, at, during this time too, you also got into some acting, correct? Yeah, I actually lucked out and kind of got into acting from getting scouted playing accordion at the Roasting House on Corden and got some lines in a kids show. And uh, and I've kind of like been, had an all right steady career since then, like, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. And would, would you say acting and being because you're usually a front person in a band nine times out of ten or playing guitar but and singing do you find those two kind of correlate very well as you're per, not pretending to be someone else but like you know you're you're letting that part of you that may not always be out there kind of take front stage i do like i i, I think it's it's not the same like music and, and acting isn't the same for me but um like, when I'm not acting, I'm also working in the costume department mm -hmm. of the movies and TV right now. So, like, I've been super fortunate in the last... I've had a really long run on this show that I've been working on that's a TV series um, that I also got a, a great acting part in it. Uh, so I got a couple days off from doing costumes and was able to be, like, Aurora, cellmate. I'm in for <laughs> aggravated assaults. Like... <laughs> super fun that's that's my work um they kind of can go like they kind of will gel with each other um and yeah like just acting in general is kind of a creative way of you know imagining and pretending to be someone else or um yeah it's it's, it's a very interesting art that i would love to learn Mm -hmm. is, is it tough? Do, do you ever find, I mean, even in music as well as acting, especially you, for acting, you work in front of the camera and behind it. But is it difficult to deal with people's like egos when they get to a certain point? Um, I, I think I just try to, it's like being like a server at a restaurant like you kind of have to read the room you have to read the table and be like do i talk to them this much do i talk to them less mm -hmm. do they like what are they it's a little bit of a dance um that i like to think i'm i'm getting better at getting there's always room for improvement but like i think that's um just something that you either have or you don't have and, and hopefully i'm 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 nailing it. Yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been booming in Winnipeg and, you know, we're all in lockdown right now, but, uh, when things are safe, I hope I still have a fucking job. <laughs> I, I hear that. It's, it's, I've, right? I've, I've, I've had the chance to work with a few, um, big names and like shoot kind of like behind the scenes kind of stuff. And I, I agree 100% with what you said. You have to learn to read the room. Like I did a, a Lady Gaga meet and greet. And I love it. I wasn't, I wasn't nervous at all because I'm like, I'm just here to do a job. I'm here to take my photos. I had to sign an NDA for it. Um, I mean, what I'm going to say is there, there's no whatever. But then when her people started coming in and getting everything ready, they were very nervous. And I was like, because I hadn't been directed about anything. And I'm like, and am I not allowed to look at her? Am I not allowed to talk to her? What are, like, what are the rules? I don't know. I, I did talk to her and she was incredibly nice and incredibly welcoming and open, especially after performing for two goddamn she strikes hours. Me like, that. like she, she had just played for two hours. I've said this on other podcasts. I'm like, if I was ever 
like that level of celebrity, I'd be a fucking dick. And I know I would be. Cause I, I'd be like, I'm tired. I don't want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. Does, does well, some, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess it depends on the day too. Like you, depends you could, on the day and when it's your job, like, Oh, it, that's another thing with touring is like, you want to go and hang out with people afterwards and be social and whatever. But sometimes you just don't want to, but I, I'm sure it's part of the job. Mm-hmm. I, don't know what that's like to be forced to have to do that because I have luckily been able to do music as a leisure thing and not as something I make my living off of. Mm-hmm. So in, in those kind of like early years of going to shows, you said you had gone to the Albert, you'd sneak in. Um, and I always love picking people's brains because I wasn't here in the heyday of the Albert. Oh, excuse me. Um, but can you think of any... Um, bands or shows that you saw there that just like blew that purple wig you were wearing off. Green Day. What's that? Green Day. Oh yeah? Yeah. Green Day when I was young it was pre-Dukey and it was like blew my mind. I'm, I'm going to have to say I hate you. I just anyone It blew my mind Dwayne. It <laughs> And the lighting was awful. It was, like, too bright in there. Yeah. And it was, uh, it, I think it was a draft night. It might have been a Thursday. And um, the gal that was waitressing let me stay, but also gave me a pamphlet to order, um, a, like, a LC card. Oh, okay. Because and... she felt bad for me. <laughs> and what... She let me stay. And what was it about that show that was like, because I mean, obviously it was Green Day, but at that point, Green Day wasn't Green Day. Mm-hmm. But what no, was it? Like, could, the, just how full <clears throat> and gnarly three people could sound mm-hmm. blew me away. Um, and I'm a sucker for harmonies, like I said. And so like those harmonies just like killed me. And I was just, yeah, that was, that was a an amazing show with a bunch of other kids from Westwood that definitely weren't of age to be there. Yeah, because that would that would have been the their second release, just pre Dookie, correct? Yeah. Ugh. I know more than a few people have told me about that show, and it just it doesn't bum me out because I'm super super happy they actually like because you have youth on your side. <laughs> well, I'm not that much younger than you. Twist Come on now. Twist the knife. <laughs> um, but in those early years, did um, what what was the punk scene like here in Winnipeg? Because I know, like, some I just know from like watching documentaries and stuff like that. But was it like dangerous? Was it like? Because I know it was. It was fun. It was dangerous. It was like. There was skaters, there was skinheads, there was racist skinheads, there was non-racist skinheads. There was always parties where we would be, like, piling into someone's car trunk and showing up somewhere. And, like, who had a license and who had a car. And it was just a super fun time. Did, Did you guys, did you play a lot of, like, basement shows? I did not. I did not. In all honesty, I think I'm, I'm kind of a late bloomer as far as being in in bands and stuff. I, I kind of did it when I was already of age. Like, I, was, I wasn't in a cool high school where I was in a high school band or anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And so after the band, <clears throat> after the, the band from the Vagiants, what do you kind of go on to do from there? Because, I mean, would you say... Um, cause you've been in a bunch of bands. You always seem to be busy with, with new stuff and different bands, but, um, like your, 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 I guess your latest and maybe not longest running is the Sorrells. Yeah. The Sorrells have been going long and strong. It seems, um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with that. We're just like a no pressure band. We're mm-hmm. just doing what we do right as we write. There's no time limit on anything um and so how we how, are our own bosses you know so like we're 
as as productive as we feel we can be. And I mean, and, all, and, all three of you ladies are super chill and very laid back. So laid back. Like, it's like being in a band full of Garfields. <laughs> and we're all just like, lasagna. Oh, I love that. That's so good. It's like being in a band full of Garfields. There's no fucking Odies around here. Fuck that guy. Um, so when when did the Sorrells kind of when when and how did it start up? Um, if history serves me correctly, um, it started on a on a New Year's Day. Picture it, Sicily. Just kidding. Uh, picture it, Jen Alexander in, in Jan Fields' place uh, in Osborne South. Um, Jan, who is Jen's husband, um, works for Half Pints, and Jill's husband, Josh, worked for Half Pints at the time as well. Um, so they got together for a hangover day, and vid, a day of vids, the husbands and mm -hmm. the wives got together and hung out and started banging away in the basement and jamming a bit and that's where it started that's where the grain started um and i think that's where they see i wish they i wish they were here to tell the story because that's where they were like let's do like a 70s glam rock inspired kind of rock and roll band and both of them are, have great taste in music. I've all I've always known them both to mm. have great taste in music. Jen, I've played with in in bands, um, a couple bands in the past. Oh, with the Angry Dragons. The Angry Dragons comes after American Flame Up, I think. Um, so yeah, like Jen and I are definitely bosom buddies as far as just everything. I just love that girl to death, and. Um, so yeah, her and, and and Jill got this idea and started jamming, and then invited me along. Kind of um, once they had a few, they had a couple originals already, kind of that they were working on and banging out, and some covers that they wanted us to sound like, which is always a great reference. That's kind of how I, uh, every band I've started has been like. What do you kind of want to sound like? Mm -hmm. You know. Nothing's a ripoff. It's all an homage. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, what should we pay homage to? You know, a blend of whatever. And what were some of those groups that you guys had discussed that you wanted to kind of not, again, not emulate, not rip off, but pay homage to? Well, pretty, I, I think pretty obscure because um, I'm, I love glam rock, but I, I'm, I'm not super... I'm not the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of, of glam rock, but we started off with some covers by Mud and um, Jabriath and Hello that kind of really got me right fucking revved when they were like, these are the songs we, we want to do and sound like. I was so in. So um, I'm, really, um, I'm really glad they asked me to be in it because... I don't think I was their first choice. So I'm really glad that like <laughs> as someone that wasn't their first choice, I'm glad I ended up getting it. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't have been their first choice, really. Let's be real here. Right? I don't I don't think the Sorrells would be the Sorrells without I mean, with all three without all three of you, really, cuz you each bring your own flair. It is it to me it's a it's a it's made in the stars. It's We're we're definitely going to have to have a Sorrell show because I mean, I like to dissect kind of like individual people and like just and it sounds cheesy but learn about their you know how they grew up their musical journey because when you get a few people in a room and you all start talking everyone kind of talks over each other and yeah. sometimes there's like a well, spokesperson for the band and then they just end up talking the whole time so i'm like why don't i just talk to each person individually and then let that go from there like they have great stories jen in the switchblade sisters and then like her singer hating me because I called her up to ask if she wanted to jam. Oh, it was good rivalry. It was like wrestling. Which I mean, oh, that's 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 funny, because it's 
I don't understand why people get all bent out of shape with that kind of stuff because it's like, especially in Winnipeg, where again, it is yeah. so incestuous with musicians that yeah. you don't want to stick to one kind of sort of thing all the time. You want to expand out. You know, I wasn't, I, I don't mean to step on any toes ever. I just kind of get an idea and think of who I think would be best. Yeah. And you throw it out there and. And we're still together. After all these years, still crazy. After all these years, you and me, Jen. And so you guys, the Sorrells have been around for about three years-ish? Yeah. And when when you guys get together, what, what and, and you're writing or jamming, and I, I always find this fascinating because I'm not a musician in any way, shape, or form, but are you guys like a riff band? Does someone come in with like a riff or something like that and then you build off that or do lyrics come first or how, how does the, like the, for, how does the songwriting kind of break down? You know, I, every time a song is written for me, it's different and it, and it can start from any of those places that you mentioned. Um, it could start with a lyric and some and a melody vocally or it might start with a riff or it might start with a um like an idea for a bridge first and then a chorus and like it it's, it's such an organic thing that i love just like the journey of it i enjoy even though i'll, I'll complain about it like a like a writer and just like clench my fist and be like why can't I write anything mm -hmm. and then when it happens I'm like all right and it's you can't you have to lay something down before you can edit it or mm. or or not edit it maybe you're you know your first go you're like that's brilliant oh I'm amazing but maybe it's something where you know you put something down and then you can switch things around improve on things pass it on and it, 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 I don't think um, for us it doesn't have to be a complete song to present to the band I think we all kind of come up with little parts that we then do our part to add on to mm -hmm. to make it a collaboration like that's that's what is so nice about that is that like someone could say oh I've got this idea for a chorus um, I don't know, like, what do you guys think? And then someone will say, oh, I love it. And then like, what about this as like a pre-chorus or whatever? So I think it's, it's really a beautiful organic thing to write with people that you love and trust because it is, it is such a kind of cheesy, vulnerable thing to do is write music and you're just like, oh, this is good. And I mean, when you're younger, a lot of your music comes from being angsty and hating a lot of stuff or just, you know, hating the man, hating the system, stuff like right. that. How has that kind of changed throughout the years for yourself or, or has it? I don't, you know, I think I like to sometimes write things that I know and have experienced. Um, and sometimes I like to write from a totally storytelling point of view from someone else's point of view um as if i'm that other person or someone's what like from just every point of view that there is i think is a really fun exercise in creative writing um is is exploring that stuff and so what um i mean obviously right now nobody's playing live nobody's touring uh what 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 have you been working on lately like um either personal wise or the the sorrells as a group have you guys had like kind of zoom jams i don't know if that's a thing or been even able well, kind of. you're, you're not totally off um we've been um just shittily recording riff ideas and stuff sending it to each other and saying hey sit on this for a bit and see what egg will be laid mm -hmm. you know no pressure just like here's an idea 
And so do you guys have, because I, I mean, I scoured the, uh, the, the Facebooks of the Sorrells. And so you, you guys are still working on new stuff. Um, yeah. Any, any, any kind of plans to uh, release anything anytime yeah. soon? We do have some, some big release plans coming up um, this December, which is coming up right around the corner. Um, we have a, a new 7-inch coming out that we're super excited about, and we've been waiting because it, physically we just have to wait for these things to be manufactured because the world isn't as quick as it used to be, mm. and that's cool. That's cool. That's That's... Like Jimmy Buffett time. That's <laughs> so down. And so that's, that's um, two new Sorrel songs? Yeah, some two new fucking Margaritaville songs uh, that are coming out on, again, Rita Records and Surf and Kai have teamed up to put out our next uh, little cupcake package, which is great because, like, I've, I haven't been to Europe. But really, when I get, I can't wait to get there. Mm-hmm. Have, tell me about Europe, Dwayne. Uh, well, I mean, all I've been to in Europe is I was in London for three days, and then Ireland for two weeks, and that was if oh man, I mean, people want beaches, people want to live on that kind of stuff. I would be happy in a house on a hill in the middle of Ireland. I would That's be. A song right there completely completely okay with that but it was yeah i met um we were in uh northern ireland at oh god we we're at a whiskey place i can't remember the the distillery you had me at whiskey yes it was it was great because but we showed up late so we weren't there for very long and i was wearing an against me hoodie and the guy comes up or no was i yeah i was um and i we, he's like, yeah, I'm in a band in uh, on this record label called Gunner Records. And it turned out that was the same record label as the ladies in Mobina Galore are on. Amazing. So it's like, even though, again, our community is so big, but it is so tiny. Yeah, I love that. Where, in, in, in Europe, where, like, are you guys hoping to tour over there? And where, it, where are your, like, not dream spots, but where would you like to hit up? to meet our label people that have been doing such a bang-up job mm-hmm. for us who we haven't physically met. Um, our label gal from Montreal, Jamie, uh, we FaceTime and send lots of... We have a great thread going on. Like I feel like we're really tight friends already, which is, you know, just great because like that's she's, she's, she's also in a band. Um, out of Montreal called Pale Lips that I feel like her knowledge and experience in her own band is helping us and she's been kind enough to pass that stuff on and and help us out um, along our journey Um, she's been really great about just sharing her knowledge with us and advising us um, as not just a person that is Uh, our label person, but someone that's also in a, a, a band mm-hmm. and understands. And so, I mean, I guess I want to thank you for, for taking the time to talk to me because it's, I feel like we could just nerd out about, you know, all day, about, all day about shows. And I like, I, I, I like doing these. I love doing these in person a lot more. Um, but you know, the world with what it is today, I'm, I'm just making do and doing what I can do. Um, but where can I people, love that you're doing this. I'm, I mean, and I, I put it out on my Facebook and I ask people who, who should I talk to? Cause you, you've been on my list for a while. Um, but I also, when I talk to local folks, I want it to be so that, you know, if you've got a show to promote or if you've got a new record to promote or, you know, I want to help you help get the word out so mm-hmm. now like lately it i mean that's been non-existent so i'm i'm the the whole podcast really kind of spans from like a couple days ago i talked to um a friend of mine that does uh audio engineering and mm-hmm. i i like i run the gamut of who i like to talk to because it's a lot it to me it's very interesting 
hearing from those behind the scenes folks, especially well, now. Everyone's jobs. Everyone's jobs of what they do is so interesting to me as well. Yeah, because there's many things that make this whole machine that is, you know, music go. It's not just the artists are the kind of the tip of that iceberg. And then underneath is everybody else that supports and, you know, appreciates them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but where can people find out stuff about the Sorrells? Uh, Sorrells, you can check out our stuff on Reader Records. Um that's our label, Rita Records, R-E-T-A Records. Uh, you can also get our stuff uh, through Surfing Kai in, out of Italy. And we're going to be in you one day, Italy. That is one thing I want. That is one thing I know. You're going to be so deep in that boot. So deep in Italy. And yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I, my, my, I just want everyone to stay safe, stay creative, there's there's ways that we can entertain each other through this winter that's about to happen. Um, I don't know how, but yeah. it's going to happen, and we just have to get creative. Awesome. Well, thank you, Joanne. And, yeah, I look forward to, to, to seeing that bright smile of yours and hearing that laugh from across the room. And I... Hello. I'm so excited. I I really miss seeing my buds that I only kind of see at shows. And it's like, I know whenever I hear that laugh, I'm like, fuck yeah, Joanne's here. It's going to be a good night. From a mile away, probably from the can. You can hear me from the girl's bathroom. Usually, you know, I'm I'm never in the girl's bathroom. Why would I be in there? Maybe just doing lines off the toilet. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting a drink. Who knows what I'm doing? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Exactly. It's a no judgment zone here, but Yeah, thank you for taking the time to talk to me, and I really look forward to being able to see you again soon, hopefully. Thanks, Wayne. Well, there you go. There is my conversation with Joanne from the Sorrells, from the Vagiants, from the Angry Dragons, from a million other bands. It was great. I wish I could have sat down and talked to her face-to-face, but, you know, we're we're living in the times we're living in, so over the phone is is just as good. Uh, I hope everybody really enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, like I said off the top, the, the Sorrells do have a new single and video coming out. Uh, it's called Spring Break out on Rita Records. Uh, head over to Rita Records. Everything will be in the description so you can head over there, pick up a pre-order, pick up a 7-inch, buy a bunch for your friends for Christmas. Why not? It's what, listen to music. What else we got to do other than listen to podcasts? Uh, so a big thank you for Joanne for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, also a big thank you to the WPG. Uh, I'm part, they were gracious enough to invite me in to be part of their podcast family, podcast network. Eh, we'll go family. Sounds better. Uh, head over to the WPG to go check out everything. They've got um, new things popping up every day with local makers, articles with local makers. Uh, check out all the podcasts for sure. Um, they also have, yeah, there's just a lot. There's a lot to explain what's over there. The WPG.ca. Check it out. Great website. Great folks over there. And as always, we play, I'm going to give you three songs of uh, some of the bands that Joanne has been in. Two of them are going to be from the Sorrells because that's the, you know, that's the newest thing. That's the the thing she's been working on the most lately, I guess, for the last three years. Um, So, but up first, uh, she had sent me one of the songs from the Vagiants. The song is called For the Night to Come. And then we are going to play Schoolgirl Blues, which is the Sorrells, and then finish it off with the Sorrells song, She's in the Gang. I hope everybody enjoys it. There you go. See you next time.
的苦苦。